uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator's enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be. Hey, hey, welcome everybody to the Rebel Alliance podcast. My name is Aaron Bowman or Aaron if you prefer. So today is Friday, right? This week went by fast. So it is almost the weekend. So I hope everybody had a good week. And today we're going to talk a little bit about contracts. This comes up a lot in the conversations with associations. And, uh, you know, yesterday's was uh, a little bit of a different podcast yesterday was just kind of you know me ranting and raving a little bit so i appreciate you all that stuck around for that but um before we get into today's topic and i'm going to keep this one kind of short today i think uh unless we get some questions in the comment section but i'm also going to give you a book that you can pick up through amazon probably your i don't know if your local library will have it um your um Law library at your local courthouse should have it and it's a fairly inexpensive book and it's really good if you're interested in contracts and contract law and that sort of thing so that being said anything you hear or see on this uh podcast does not constitute tax or legal advice it is just one person's uh opinion on the topic so uh just bear with me i'm trying to get a little coffee in me it's been a long day so far a lot of running around before the weekend, but um, let's take care of a little housekeeping. As always, if you are looking for more information, if you are looking for more content, if you are looking for DIY templates to do it yourself to set up your association, then you can always head over to the PMAManifesto.com or East Coast PMA to pick up your DIY templates. And both sites have... Uh, extra blog posts and stuff that you might find interesting uh, when it regard regarding, you know, uh, common law, law in general, PMAs. Uh, if you haven't read the uh, PMA manifesto, uh, I don't know if we have a coupon code going on right now, but we do usually have something uh, special going on for members. So become a part of the Facebook group for the PMA manifesto. There's also an East Coast PMA Facebook group and Telegram group. And I usually try to share across uh, populate the uh, information but it covers the 12 myths of uh, pmas and has a lot to deal with like taxes and tax exemptions and that sort of thing so that would be great if you go over there and if you are like me and want to you know live a freer life with a uh, less intrusiveness from the tyrannical government then you want to start taking back your computer sovereignty also because we are tracked everywhere we go and if you go over to start nine you can get your own system in your house and Take back all of your computer sovereignty and control of your files and sharing of data because everybody talks about the cloud. The cloud really doesn't exist. It's just a catchphrase. It's just Amazon computers or somebody else's computers that you're given access to and they can take your data whenever they want. So if you go over and you get set up with an embassy server over at Start9, you can use the code Rebel Alliance at checkout and get a 9% off of your total purchase, which is huge. Um, these systems are great. It allows you to do encrypted text messaging to family and friends. It allows you to run your own lightning node. You can have your own file sharing. You can run your own uh, blog posts. You can even act as your own PayPal using Bitcoin with BTC pay. So I highly suggest you get over there and check it out. So as always, uh, wherever you're watching from, feel free to jump in with the comments. Hey, uh, thank you all for checking out. Uh, all right, got some questions here. I will definitely pop these in as we go along. Uh, but thank you all for uh, jumping in and watching wherever you're watching from either. I think today we're streaming on Facebook, uh, the Facebook group, Rumble, and 
YouTube. So that being said, one of the resources that I want to I want to shout out to you and let you check out is uh, and if I can find a PDF version of this, I will share it on the East Coast PMA. But it is a book I've used uh, through school and it is the Inside Contract Law by Michael B. Kelly. And it's a very good book when you are getting into contract law or interested in contract law. And again, I'm going to try to keep this at the 30,000 foot view because we could really dive into any of these topics and really get, you know, wrapped up around the axle and not be able to see the trees, the forest, that sort of thing. So um, basically, if you are talking contracts, you're talking about a couple of different parties. So you want to know what is in your contract. And this is going to differ whether you're doing something with PMAs and you're writing your own contracts, or if you're buying a house and signing a real estate purchase contract, it's going to be different. But the the basics or the the structure of the agreement is going to kind of be the same. And one of those big things are, is that there's going to be an offer, uh, an acceptance and consideration, something of value. Those are like your main meat and potatoes to a uh, contract, whether you write it on a bar napkin or you print it out on some nice parchment paper, it's it's going to have at least those three things in it. And then there's also the other things that can definitely be added to it. So um, first thing I have on my list here is definitions and elements. A contract is a legal binding agreement between two or more parties. The key elements include offer, acceptance, and consideration, something of value in exchange between the parties. So one analogy that we used in, in class and, and through the book is that when you go into like, let's say you want to go in and get a coffee, you can go into Starbucks, Dunkin' Donut, uh, Horton's, I think is another coffee place, not in New England. It's, uh, I think that's in Canada. But anyways, uh, you go into your local coffee shop, you take out your currency, whatever you're going to use. Most of us, you know, that fiat currency or even your debit card or your credit card or whatever. And you buy that cup of coffee and you pay for it. You get the coffee back. That was kind of like a verbal contract all happens simultaneously. And if I can find the spot in the book where they talk about it, I will read you exactly. uh, So this is how they put it. When you buy a cup of coffee with cash, you don't need to make a promise. Both you and the coffee shop perform almost simultaneously. You hand over the money, they hand over the coffee. And that is like the basic concept when it comes to um, uh, contracts. And I hope my screen is not too dark. I don't have my light on today, but hopefully there's enough sunlight coming here. So you want to keep that in mind. And let's say you want to write your own contracts. And I think it's very important for us as grown adults, if we're getting into some type of agreement, we write our own contracts. And if you aren't writing the contract, make sure you're reading it over. It's very important. And here's here's an example why. I have a friend who uh, unfortunately put somebody on their, uh, their credit card as an authorized user. Um, some things happened and this jet uh, junk debt collector came after him and tried to bring him into court. And I was said, you know, hey, uh, they're they're providing this contract that they say you signed and it says they need to go to arbitration first. And they were able to get everything kicked out of court by, you know, understanding what the contract said and going to arbitration instead of using the time in judicial court. So um, it's very important to understand that the, the aspects uh, here's another example. I had a real estate purchase contract and uh, luckily, I, you know, we were buying our own place and I didn't write the contract up. The, uh, the other agent did. And in that, contract it said seven acres of land well when i did my due diligence after they i offered them a price 
They accepted. Everybody signed the contract. So that's a binding contract. Now, they ended up becoming in breach of that contract because they couldn't perform in the seven acres. It was really 5.64 acres. And because I went to the property spans two towns, I went to both towns, pulled up the property map, pulled up the surveys, and everything said 5.64. So they were in breach of the contract. They couldn't perform. And so you know, I hate to say I had them over a barrel, but, you know, they tried to get out of the contract every which way they could. And I was like, I'm not letting you out of this contract. One, because there are no houses for sale. And two, we like the house. We like the land. Um, we just really wanted the seven acres. So we eventually worked out a price difference. So again, if it's, if you're not understanding what you're signing and you're not, um, you know, you, you just sign willy nilly, like we all do it online. We all sign boilerplate contracts every day we get into a website and we say yes we agree to the terms and conditions that's a contract you just agree to it most of us don't read it but when it comes to like major purchases or if you're writing up your own contract or you're doing something let's say somebody's coming to do work on your house or your homestead you want to make sure you have something in writing because contracts can be oral but it's more enforceable or it's easier to enforce if it is a written contract which i think is very important so you want to define the elements and definitions within the contract now uh, again this is what i kind of just touched on number two is types of contracts contracts can be oral or written though written contracts are generally more enforceable they are also very very in complexity from simple agreements like a purchase receipt to complex agreements like employment contracts or a lease agreement so um, those are just kind of some of the examples i had so if you're doing a simple purchase and sale maybe like i got a trailer i want to sell somebody comes over and buys a trailer i'm going to write up a bill of sales saying bob smith purchases a trailer from aaron bowman a description of the trailer how much and that it was paid for and then i'm going to give him a copy of that i keep a copy take the cash and he's off on his way so um that's that's another important thing um and uh, i guess i should back up when we talk about the i'm just trying to get my mouse over my other screen here the the value of exchange is primarily um is there to 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 make it and to, to enforce the contract so uh, basically a contract is a promise that the law will enforce. And if you don't have any consideration in there or some monetary value, then you really not, you really don't have a contract. There has to be that offer, that acceptance and consideration. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Um, let's see, uh, still just the two questions in the comments. So we'll make sure we get to those in a little bit and then we'll, you know, hopefully some other people chime in here and be more than happy to answer any questions you have. Um, so again, you know, uh, try to stay away from oral contracts, do written contracts. And that's why I say when you're having an association, granted, you could have four or five buddies getting together and they're doing their thing and maybe they get together once a month and they, you know, go do some target practice. Maybe they go out fishing together and they help teach each other new skill sets or whatever. They get together and they help out at somebody's house, right? You don't necessarily need a contract for that. But if you're growing your association or your association set up because you have a homestead and you want to provide your members uh, quail eggs, duck eggs, and maybe, you know, I don't know, goat milk or goat soap or something like that, and you want to keep what you're doing private and intimate, then you want to have your contracts, your bylaws, your articles of organization, your membership agreement. And the membership agreement is really the, the part of 
the, the contract that the other member is signing that's going to bind them to the other bylaws and articles of organization. So if they're joining, they should understand exactly what they're getting into. And then again, having these contracts, you know, will allow you to enforce things within your own membership without having to go to the court system for relief. And again, when somebody signs up and I get this question asked last, well, if I have somebody sign up for a membership, do I have to charge them? Yes. If you want to have a binding contract, they, I don't care if it's a $1 fee per year or $20 fee, you have to have some type of monetary um, uh, consideration for the contract. Um, number three is uh, reading and understanding the terms. Kind of talked about this a little bit before, but before signing a contract, it is crucial to read and understand all terms. This includes the fine print and any legal jargon. If there's something you don't understand, it is advised to seek clarification, possibly from a legal professional. Now, um, you know, especially like if you're going to buy a house, right. And I only know this cause I'm in the real estate world. It doesn't, you know, you don't need to use a real estate agent to buy a house. You can go and buy a for sale by owner. You could walk in and say, Hey, I want to represent myself and buy from somebody else. But having somebody that understands those contracts, and that's very specific, specific to that, that job that they that that real estate agent does. Now it's going to change depending where you are. Like here in Connecticut, we can write our own contracts. We do all that stuff. If you go to New York, attorneys do all that stuff. So it just depends again on your geographical location. And that's why when I try to talk about this stuff, I try to give like the overall arching view of it because I don't want anybody to say, well, this is what Aaron said. Definitely do your own research. Look up what is, is uh, common practice in your area. But if you are, you know, buying a house and you've maybe, you know, bought one house in your entire life, maybe you've never bought a house. You want to have somebody that understands the contract and can explain to you all the different parts of it, especially any escape clauses or ways to get out of the contract and any ways to make sure that contract is enforceable. So reading and understanding the terms is very important. If you don't know, ask because the last thing you want to do is be like you think you understand a legal you know some legal jargon in there or some legal term and it's not what you thought it was so that's very important and you'll see that a lot of the stuff just has to do with really understanding what you're getting into uh same thing with the association if you have a member and they're just going to sign the contract listen I want you to take, you know, take two minutes, read through this. Let me know if you have any questions. What we do for ours is we highlight some of the important paragraphs within our membership agreement, like, hey, there's a confidentiality clause or a non-disclosure clause, or, hey, there is, uh, you know, this is, you know, how you can be removed from the association if you don't adhere to these rules and regulations, because what you don't want is somebody to show up that's going to be a, a cancer within your association and undermine everything that you're doing and, you know, be that negative person the whole entire time. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, so uh, another thing about contract law, and this is comes out of the inside contract law book that I think is really, a, it's, it's not a really exciting read. You have to kind of be into this kind of stuff if you want to listen or want to read about it. But it says contract laws reduce the risk by giving the performing party a way to enforce the promise. And that's what we are. We're getting into a promise with somebody. We're saying, hey, we're going to give you our hard-earned money, whatever that is, silver, gold, gold backs, liberty dollar, credit card, debit card for something of equal value or something that we don't have. And we're going to perform on this contract. So, you know, um, uh, and that's where the uh, the value of commitment comes in. And then they have commitment despite of errors. There's a lot to get in. So there could be errors in the contract, but there's still that commitment there. Um, and I'm really trying not to get into this too crazy. I want to kind of, kind of keep this on the basic uh, side. But if there's something about contract law you guys want me to go over in the future or 
anything else, let me know. I'd be more than happy to put that together for you. Um, I'm going to take a break here real quick and look in the chat. So we have uh, Frozen Dog coming in. Hey, hello. How are you? Thanks for joining today. And then we have this question here. Um, can you talk about a licensed professional working within the PMA structure? Example, physician. So this is another question that comes up. And I will um, we'll take a break here from the contract stuff. We'll answer that real quick. So Depending on who you listen to, there's a couple different answers to this. Some people say you don't need to be licensed. Some people say you do. Um, if you are, and this is my take on it, again, you want to do your own research. Um, this is how I personally look at it. I don't think having a license is a bad thing. Like I have to, you know, I don't necessarily need a license to sell real estate. I could flip contracts and stuff like that. But having that license gets me access to certain things like the MLS where I'm able to reach a greater amount of people. So sometimes if, you know, like you said, a physician has to have a license to be able to prescribe medication or to be able to get access to certain things. Now, if you are going strictly holistic and you don't need to worry about big pharma, then maybe you don't need your license anymore. You still have your doctorates, you still have your degree, you're working within your association, your members that are coming to you understand that you know, you were licensed at one point. And where we've seen this a lot is like with chiropractors, uh, professionals, um, masseuses, stuff like that, they give up their license. Uh, but then sometimes you're opening yourself up to the regulations within the state that you reside in and then having to deal with those uh, enforcement clowns. So uh, I think it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It really depends on what your risk assessment is and how comfortable you are doing something. I can't tell you that you need to have a license or you need to get rid of it. That is your decision that you're going to have to make. I don't think having a license within an association is any uh, is any downside to it. What we have seen, though, is we have seen court cases where, um, all right, I'll get to that in a second, uh, timeless wisdom. Uh, what we have seen in court cases is, People said they were chiropractors and they went to chiropractic school when in fact they didn't and they were doing adjustments on people. And I want to say, I think this is in, was out of Missouri. I could be wrong. Um, but somebody from the state came in and said, okay, well, you know, where's your credentials? And they didn't have any. And so they were, they were operating and they said, well, I'm protected under the first and 14th amendment of the, you know, of the right of association you have the right to peacefully assemble. You have the right to associate with other members for the same common goal. What you don't have the right to do is manipulate somebody's body and not be trained on it where you could actually cause them harm. And that's something that could happen. And so the state does have an interest if you are physically manipulating somebody's body, you know, doing these chiropractic adjustments, not being trained or licensed or any of the hands-on stuff that the doctors actually have to go through where you could cause permanent damage to somebody. So in that instance, yes, the state would have an interest in what you're doing. Now, again, this could be argued a hundred different ways. Well, you have the right of association. You can't tell me what to do, so on and so forth. But I think when you start looking at the overall well-being of the community, something like that is no different than if I was selling, I always use the fentanyl one because that's what's running rampant through our country. If I was selling fentanyl through my association, I'm still creating a criminal act and I still could cause harm to the general public. So that's just my kind of uh, two cents on it. Um, we got another question here. Um, 
think it's a question. I retired my license to practice psychology once I established my PMA. It's definitely a huge decision. Yeah. And there's certain things where, you know, I agree. I don't think, in, you know, if you have the schooling and you can show your credentials, why don't, if you don't, if you're not in the normal aspect of, you know, big pharma and, you know, you're, you're working with the general public and you have a small practice where it's only your members. And then maybe there's other stuff that you're doing. I always like to throw in the education aspect of it because now it's not just, you know, uh, a business structure that you're trying to create. You're also providing education and members are coming to you because they want to learn how to, you know, maybe they have some PTSD they want to learn how to you know deal with, or they have some other psychological trauma in their life. And so, they're coming in to not only talk with you, but also learn ways to cope with this using more natural and holistic um, resources. Um, other question here, second question. If you are using your license, e.g. writing a prescription within the role of a member of a PMA, does that allow the state to pierce the veil of association? So that's kind of a tough question. I haven't run across that yet with anybody that's actually been doing it. It's more of like... Um, uh, just a talk, I guess, as far as uh, what we think would happen. Now, there's early on, I've heard of uh, of people having their, you know, association and then still having their actual practice. So, you know, when there were lockdowns happening, that, that practice had to close, but people could still come to the association aspect of it. Um, I have not, I've had conversations with other doctors, uh, RNs, APNs, APRNs and stuff like that. Um, there was a group out of Florida that was looking to set up kind of like a alternative set of an alternative currency and alternative options to going to a hospital where they actually had licensed doctors and stuff like that. But it was still run through an association because people wanted more of a holistic healthcare approach. But, you know, sometimes there is a cause for penicillin. Right. So um, I would have to dive into that more. I haven't had a dog in that fight yet and I haven't worked with. Um, a, a physician where they still want to prescribe stuff, you know, maybe coming from a compounding pharmacy. You know, when I had gotten my ivermectin, it came from a compounding pharmacy out of New Jersey, uh, you know, and sent to my house. So that they're a little bit different. They can work with the physicians, I believe, one-on-one. -on -one. And I might be wrong on this because I am not a doctor. Uh, and I'm very, um, I want to say naive to a little bit of how it works with the compounding pharmacies and, and scripts getting put in. Uh, but I don't see, you know, I've worked with others that have been uh, psychologists that want to do telehealth, so to speak, where they're doing the video conferencing, but it's only for their members. And there's ways of setting that up where they, you know, they may not be licensed in a certain state, but somebody likes what they have to say and maybe likes their natural holistic approach. So they, they become a member. Um, so, you know, I haven't really, I can't really say 100 percent. Um, what would happen? I haven't dealt with that yet. And again, like I tell you all, all the time, if I don't know the answer, I'm not going to, you know, blow smoke. So, um, I think, um, I think that's something I'd have to dive into more and I'd have to really research that one aspect of the association. Cause I haven't had any, um, physicians, so to speak, like your, like your family, uh, general practice, uh, physician come in and say, Hey, I want to start an association. It's been more of the psychological, natural homeopathic healthcare type stuff. Um, but those are great questions. Thank you all for putting those in and saying hi and let me know if you have any more uh, as we go through this. So um, number four, when it comes to the uh, my top five uh, essential points of, of a contract, 
is the importance of filling a contra uh, fulfilling contractual obligation. Once a contract is signed, parties are legally bound to fulfill their obligation as stated in the agreement. Failure to do so can lead to legal disputes and penalties. Now, this is where I'd like to tie in. Um, if you go over to East Coast PMA, you can pick up Dr. Graves' course. It's how to win in court without an attorney. And in that, there is a whole section where it talks about um, a cause of action. So if you have a contract so you have duty you have breach and then you have damages will equal your cause of action so and when you go through this it talks about how the duty must be pleaded how the breach must be pleaded damages and then how you have to prove all three and then there's an example that says here's a simple cause of action for breach of contract so if you're writing your own contracts and you want to know how to write up a cause of action or a complaint for a breach well, if you go through Dr. Graves' course, it has it right here, and it says this is an action for breach of contract on April on first on the first of April 2011. Defend offered to sell prize bull to plaintiff for two thousand dollars, and then it goes into everything that needs to show that there was a breach based on this contract. So that's also important to not only know how to you know what's in your contract if you're writing your contract yourself is that how to enforce it if somebody says hey like i don't want to pay like when i was talking about the real estate contract i had when we bought this homestead and they said you're getting seven acres and i said no i'm not and they said oh well we'll give you you know what do you want and i said well this is what i want and no there's 35 acres next to me give me my my one point whatever it was for acres and they didn't want to have that done because they had to hire surveyors and stuff like that but we reached an agreeable price and that's where you know i could have said you know what we're just going to go to court over this and i could have tied the property up but i wanted to get my family out of my mother-in-law's we've been there for a year and i want to get into our own house our own homestead and move our chickens and everything over and start building up our, our structures around the property so uh you know you kind of have to weigh out, weigh it out and, and look at it from more than one lens of like, okay, how can I now negotiate this to where it's, you know, still mutually beneficial for everybody, or, you know, it gets me what I want because now they can't perform in the contract. So uh, you want to know also, uh, you know, how to enforce the contracts and, and Dr. Graves course is great for that. And that brings us to number five, breach of contracts and remedies. If one party fails to meet their contractual obligation, this is also known as a breach of contracts. Remedies for breach include, Damages, compensation, specific performances, carrying out the terms of the agreement or canceling and restitution. So, you know, again, contract law can get really in-depth. And if you are interested, this is a really good book, you know, the Inside Contract Law. I think you can even get it in like a um, uh, Kindle format. Uh, that's how I had it, electronic format through um Vitalsource.com. Uh, you can get a bunch of different books on there. They're fairly inexpensive. And then you can highlight in notes. And the best part is if you're driving, you can put it up on your phone and it reads it to you, which is even better. Um, but I think if you know one's getting into the associations or having an association or you're doing your own DIY templates, you kind of need to know some of the elements of a contract and then how to enforce that contract, you know. And uh, I think that's really important when it comes to this stuff. Cause, you know, like I said, with the boilerplate contracts, I probably check I've Read the terms and conditions a hundred times a day, maybe, maybe not that much. Um, another good resource that you can get if you're interested in contract law, and I should have grabbed it. It's on my shelf somewhere. Um, there's a whole series called Law School for Anyone, and it goes over a bunch of different topics. You can get the DVDs. I was offering this because I ripped all the DVDs. I was offering it to people. Um, if you are interested in some of that stuff, let me know individually. Just shoot me an email. And um, 
there is a uh, law school for everyone that deals in contracts and it talks about boilerplate contracts, different court cases that establish, you know, contract law, stuff like that. So um, I, I definitely think some of that stuff is important to, to know. Now, do you have to know this when getting into um, contracts? No, but it's helpful. So you know what you're assigning, especially if you're buying and selling cars or whatever. And then some of the, um, this is one thing I want to touch on from the book also, uh, sources of contract law. So we have common law, state law, different types of contracts, um, uh, reasons, not just rules, and then eventually gets into the Uniform Code of Commercial, uh, the Uniform Commercial Code, the UCC, uh, when it comes to contract stuff. But this book, I think, is it's really good if you're interested in this stuff. Definitely pick it up. Like I said, if I can find a PDF format, I will put that out there for you. Uh, just want to see if there's any other questions. I am mean, going to jump over to the Facebook group real quick. If there is anything. And let me just hit refresh here and nothing in the facebook group that's cool uh any others here in the chat i think we're good for questions i'll give it a few minutes if anybody else wants to ask anything regarding the associations or pmas uh i am sorry i didn't have a better answer when it comes to writing prescriptions and um you know piercing the veil i don't really think it would but again i can't answer that 100 percent. i have to do a little research in it um if you want follow up with me with an email uh all my contact information is in the description wherever you're watching this from and i'd be more than happy to kind of dig into that for you a little bit and see what i can come up with um you know or at least point you in the right direction so that being said um we're just about 28 minutes it's the weekend i hope you all had a good week I will see you on Monday. I've got a bunch of family over this weekend, so I will not be doing any uh, weekend uh, episodes, but I will see you Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time-ish because lately I've been running around getting stuff done and the weather's been somewhat nice. It's supposed to rain again tonight here. But I appreciate you all watching and sticking in there with me, asking your questions, giving you a little shout out where you're from. And uh, always remember, please uh, head over to East Coast PMA or the PMA Manifesto. There's a bunch of resources on there and there's some ways you can support the show. And please feel free to share this with others that might find this topic interesting in your local freedom communities. Until Monday, have a great weekend and stay safe all over the country and maybe there will be people need to start taking to the streets this is a 